Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, Packmaster Ralph Toy Basham, MD, Andy Brandt Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back. Diamond Dallas Page. The book is called Positively Unstoppable, The Art of Owning It. DDP with us right after this, Tom Bernard Show. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Tell us about this warranty for life thing. I, you, know, you know, you understand a lot more about this than I do. Well, of course. I know you're not an automotive mechanic. So let me tell you a cool story. This just happened a couple of days ago. I got an email. Somebody emailed me at Doug at Walzer.com, and he goes, Hey, I bought a 2005, and I think it was a Honda Accord, back in 2014, having some problems with the engine. Uh, do I have any coverage? So I called the Honda store. We looked it up, and sure enough, the card qualified for a lifetime powertrain warranty. So it had to be under 60,000 miles at the time of purchase, uh, non-highline vehicle. And they covered the engine repair. Think about what that means. That's a 13-year-old car. And the guy got his engine replaced. It doesn't cover every single thing on the car, but all the, it's like major medical coverage. So the engine goes bad, transmission, four-wheel drive system. You're covered as long as you own the car, as long as you maintain it to factory standards. It's pretty cool. It actually is really cool. Well, I mean, it's a lot cooler than you or me. Well, it is really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, 15-year-old car. And that's why I buy all my cars, and my family buys all their cars from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com, because of warranty for life. And you like working with me, too, right, Tommy? Tommy? Tom? I, I don't think he's there. <laughs> That's really nice. Very professionally <laughs> delivered from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. That we are. we are. That's a good song. I like that song. I love Beastie Boys. Is, <laughs> yeah. Except, you know, you know that story that when they went on the American Bandstand show at the very end of that show's run, uh, Beastie Boys were backstage and Dick Clark brought his wife to say hello and one of them spit on her. Really? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> a little harsh. Yeah, they're kind nasty. of. Nasty. 
rebels, weren't they? Yeah, they were, absolutely. Is DDP ready to go? Nope. Not quite yet. Oh, that's right. It's only 109, so yeah. He'll be calling in in a minute, ladies and gentlemen. God, the picture on his book, Positively Unstoppable, The Art of Owning It, he looks like he's about 45 years old. Yeah, he looks no, all that, that yoga. Old. I saw him on the, the wrestling cruise we were on, and he looks great. And he even had, he um, like, every morning he did the DDP yoga sessions, and everybody went on the deck and did yoga with him. And, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, he loves doing that DDP uh, yoga, the whole shooting match. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking to him in a couple of minutes about his book. Uh, always liked the guy. He's been on this show, what, about 20 times? Quite a bit. Well, he's on the show now. See, he should be on the show now. He's right on time, as always, right on time. Diamond Dallas Page, positively unstoppable, the art of owning it. The picture on the front, is that uh, you when you were in high school? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. that's from uh, a couple months ago. (laughs) Honest to God. I'm telling you, DDP, that, that you look like you're about 35 years old. That's a damn good picture, brother. Thank you, man. It's not, it's not uh, what do they call What do they call when they do that? Uh, that uh, photoshopping? Like, that's really big. Yeah, photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> they photoshopped DDP on the cover of his own book. Yeah, no, I appreciate you sending me the book because you've always been. I, I was talking to DDP uh, last week on the KQ Morning Show, and I said, oh, God, I remember you used to come on the uh, on Tom Bernard podcast all the time. We had a great time talking to you and just uh, fantastic, the whole situation. Um, I, I just, uh, and we talked about it, and DDP said, well, give me a call. I'd love to come back on a show. So, we, yeah, you're back on a show. It's a wonderful thing. There's no doubt about it. I like it I'm so actually, certainly. I'm actually on radio. You actually where? I'm actually on Radio Row right now. I'm on Radio Row here down at the Super Bowl because I've uh, yeah, I live in Atlanta, and that's where Super Bowl is this year. And right. uh, I actually just, literally just the other day, signed a partnership with the NFL alumni to work with the guys. So uh, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a really big week for me. It's super cool. My book. Positively Unstoppable is out now, and uh, we're really excited about it. It's, it's a great week. All the hard work paying off. Yeah, it is a wonderful thing. Um, do you remember the moment you decided to do what you're doing today? I mean, obviously you're in the WWE Hall of Fame, had a great wrestling career, no doubt about it. But if I remember correctly, it was one guy who was pretty badly out of shape that came to you and asked for, for advice or something. Uh, I can't remember his name, though. He was in some of your videos at the very beginning, I remember. How did this all start? Arthur, uh, his name is Arthur Borman. And, right, right. Um, it, started, it started way before him. Actually, um, in 19... You have to understand, I didn't start wrestling until I was 35. My career didn't take off until I was 40, which was in 1996. You know, 97 and 98, I was on top of the world, and then I blew my back out. I actually ruptured my L4 and L5. And three doctors said I was never going to wrestle again. So that time I just signed a multi-million dollar deal. And I was a guy who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. You know, for 42 years of my life. But it's all I really could do. So I started doing it and it started helping me. And it wasn't giving me everything. So I had to be in, 
you know, the old school calisthenics, the rehabilitation techniques, and something I call dynamic resistance, more like time under tension. And that, that gets your heart rate jacked up standing still. So I put all this together completely by accident. And in less than three months, I was back in the ring. At 42, they said my career's over. At 43, I'm the world champ. So I knew I was going to do that for the rest of my life. And I didn't know I was going to turn it into a business. By the way, I, I, I thought about it, but my focus was on my acting career at the time. Uh, so I was doing both at the same time. And at some point, I thought, my acting career is moving really slow. I'm still going to keep going with that. Um, I'm still going to keep putting the work in. But I want to focus on DDP, what today is known as DDP yoga or DDPY. That was about 17 years ago. And 10 years later, I was an overnight success. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The overnight success. Yeah, I remember first talking about this and doing some amazing things for people, with people who had been trying and trying and trying to get in shape or lose some weight or, or you know, improve their health. And I remember the great successes you had right out of the box. It was very impressive. Yeah, it was anybody who I could find. Mostly it was friends in the beginning or people that I knew. And then it started to branch out to friends of friends. And Arthur, the disabled veteran, he was the first one that I worked with that mm -hmm. I didn't know. And it was from anyone who got my program back then. Back then it was just DVDs. You know, it's before I developed the you know, DDPY system. It's before mm -hmm. I wrote Positively Unstoppable. Um, but the just the DVDs, anybody who got them, I would email them and say, hey, thanks for getting the program. Not trying to sell you anything. You're already, you know, invested. I, just, I want to say thanks, and I got a few questions. And Arthur answered those questions better than anybody ever. And uh, that's what started our relationship. And uh, next thing you know... The guy having an unbelievable transformation, and 10 months later, he loses 140 pounds and not only loses the weight, but loses the knee braces, back bracing canes. Not just walk, but run. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. Oh, I like this dedication, by the way. Uh, we're talking to Diamond Dallas Page about Positively Unstoppable, the art of owning it. The dedication dedicated to my beautiful wife, Brenda, my personal superhero, who inspires me to be positively unstoppable every day. I love you. Uh, DDP, my wife is sitting right next to me, so how am I going to keep up with you on that front? Way to go, pal. <laughs> Gotta write a book. Fuck <laughs> 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 out! There you go. There you go. <laughs> I've got the book in my hands. I already got the book. It's uh, wonderful. Just some of the chapters positively unstoppable. Living life. What do you mean by living life at ninety percent? What does that mean? You know, it, you know, we just we just got done talking about Arthur. What I explained to Arthur when we first got together, and I'll answer that question through this. I explained to him as important as the DDPY workouts are as important as the eating plan is, it's 10% of the equation. The 90% is between your ears. That six-inch piece of real estate, that's what really <laughs> is going to need the work. And living life at 90% is based on the concept that life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. You know, I, I talk about it all the time in Positively Unstoppable. I talk about it in our personal lives and our professional lives. 
We're all constantly hit with one adversity after another, most of which we have no control over. But the one thing we have total control over, when we take the control, when we put the work in, you know, we literally can control the way we react, how we adapt, and how we take action, and how we breathe. Now, what it really comes down to is all about the story you tell yourself, that little inner voice. And when you can change that and really own it, you start taking it to a different level. Yeah, that makes total sense. Do you talk to to Mick Foley quite often? Um, every month or so we talk. What okay, a great well, forward you talk- wrote, huh? He did. I just read. I just read the foreword this morning. As a matter of fact, it's a, it's a great foreword. I didn't even know he could write English. I'm impressed. Oh my, dude! He's got three bestsellers. He's a I know. Great <laughs> he is. He's a really good writer. Uh, chapter seven: The power of believing. Is it believing in yourself? Believing in those around you? Is it just believing that you can get something done? What's chapter seven about? You know, it really gets into, uh, you know, I, I talk about never underestimate power you give someone by believing in them. You know, that's without question, you know, without question, because when people, you know, like I did with Arthur Borman, you know, no one believed in him. The doctor said he was never going to walk again without, you know, the use of canes. I just helped him shift that. And at some point he started writing me, I will walk again. You know, when you give someone that belief, and then they... And show them how to put the work in and how to get the most out of what they're doing, well, it just makes it easier. But the most important thing is never underestimate the power you give yourself by believing in you. And that, you know, no one else has to believe in you. Like, my whole life, you know, I have so, I talk about that over and over again throughout the, uh, throughout Positively Unstoppable, is that, you know, so many people told me what I can't do. You know, I had to prove them, yeah. not just them wrong, but me right. And again, I, I used to think about it, you know, all day sometimes, like, you're going to do this, it's going to happen. A great example would be 10 years ago, I said to myself, and I set as a goal, I'm going to work with the NFL. You know, today, I now have a partnership with the NFL alumni. I've got two of the starting players on the Falcons team working with me, you know, uh, and they brought me to work with... Uh, and talk to Jesse Ackerman, their head strength coach, who's going to work with me next week. So, I mean, it's all happening, but it just doesn't happen right away. Yeah, no, there's a, you know, what's interesting about this DDP is the fact that all those years ago, what, six years ago, something like that. Andy, is it August going to be seven years or, or how many years for us on this show? August will be seven, yeah. It will be seven years. So almost, well, let's go with six and a half years right now is the first time I ever interviewed you on this show. It's been around now for almost seven years. And it always seems like really, really good timing with you know my, my contact with you. I just lost 92.5 pounds. Uh, I went from wow, 317, down, you know, awesome. 317 down to 225. I began lifting weights again now and also doing some road work. And what's amazing to me is this, this is going to be very helpful to me because I just uh, two days ago, I did 12 miles of road work and I lifted uh, weights for about an hour and I gained three pounds. I'm like, damn, I, I don't need that. But you talk about all that, uh, how to do it right. 
uh, how to make certain that, uh, you know, obviously, I've talked to you before about this, and you talk a lot about not hurting yourself, which I think is one, one. A lot of people, they go at it too hard right from Jump Street, and they get hurt, and then they never go back to it. So so easing into it, I, I'm sure it would probably be a really good way to do it. Believe in yourself, uh, you know. Just that 10%, uh, again, with the program, the rest is, is living life at 90%. But I, I just think that um, knowing that you should just ease into it and don't go nuts and don't hurt yourself. Like you said, failure is not an option. That's the, uh, that's the uh, name of Chapter 2, failure is not an option. Do it right. Do it properly. Follow what DDP says you should do, and you will not get hurt. You'll see great results. And, you know, people just want to be, uh, they want to look like they're 25 like you do. And I think you're 26 now, aren't you? <laughs> you know, here's, here's the thing you'll hear over and over again in Positively Unstoppable, and you'll hear it over and over again in my workouts. I'm constantly telling people to make it their own, whether it's make it your own and yep. DDPY. I'll say make the DDPY your own. You know, like, you start off with wherever my program meets you wherever you are. The best example I can give is I just created what I call BDPY Rebuild. And anybody who gets the book, if you read the book, you'll see you get 33 days of my 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 app. You know, so if you get the book, you can automatically try the your program. And if you're one of those people who can't get out of bed. Well, I got three workouts for you in bed. That'll help you get out of bed. <laughs> and then like start the chair force workouts. You know, and our chair force workouts are, uh, we got eight of those in a chair that help you get out of the chair. And then our stand strong workouts are using a chair to help you build your balance, give you confidence. You see, the biggest thing about my, my book and my workout. They're both the same thing when it comes to helping you build your confidence. And that's why I say take it slow. Don't work. You know, I, I'm encouraging people because my stuff does have modifications all the way through it. And I'm yep. constantly saying if it's too yep. challenging, step in. Take a knee. You know, go in the safety zone. You know, like don't push yourself too hard. If you're over 35 40 years old, there's no such thing as no pain, no gain. Pain means pain. It means like, you know, slow down and, you know, take it one step at a time and, and baby steps sometimes. Some people are ready to jump right in. That's why, you know, you can also, you can start with the bed workouts or you can start with my psycho extreme stuff. You know, most likely you're going to have to back that up a little bit. But, uh, you know, whatever works for people. You know, I want people to to get the most out of what they're doing. And I want you know, to help build their confidence. Positively Unstoppable, The Art of Owning It. Diamond Dallas Page, the book is out now. Thank you. As always, thanks so much for your time, sir. Have a great day. Hey, great talking to you again, my friend. Thanks a lot. DDP, ladies and gentlemen, well, I've always liked him. You should. Have you seen the picture on the front of his book? <laughs> I have not. Bless Catherine you. is Sorry. Apparently, she's apparently <laughs> allergic to the uh, front cover of the book, ah. but uh, you know. Yeah. You're right. He looks right, we'll good take, for the age. He does look really good. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. 
A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. If you're tired of feeling frustrated because your clothes don't fit like they used to, then Nutramost is for you. Thanks to the Sheehy brothers and staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I am down 92.5 pounds. The Nutramost program is amazing. I lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. You can have great success just like me because Nutramost is customized for each individual person, and the staff at Nutramost will be there for you every step of the way. Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutramost help change your life. Give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life and they can help you too. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Yeah, when it's this cold out, that's for sure. <laughs> a lot of shaking going on. Whole lot of shaking on. going on. There's a lot of shaking going on. No doubt about it. I love DDP. He's a great guy. He's always been a great guy. He's been coming on this show for six and a half years. He's got his new book out, Positively Unstoppable. Uh, and it's, hey, it's from very, very easy, very, very simple to very, very hard. Pick the right one for you and don't pick the top one unless you're in really good shape because you'll fail and then you'll blame it on someone else. Don't do that. <laughs> you heard me. Yeah, you'll hate somebody for it. Well, that doesn't that doesn't work, does it? Oh, to try to jump in, uh, yeah. Yeah, don't try to jump in and everything will be good, right? Correct. I, I tried to start. I said, don't try to jump into something you can't do and oh, you'll be good. Oh, right, right. You know, I tried to uh, start running you a number of years ago, start running again. And I, and I said, well, how hard could this be? I'll just run, you know, oh, maybe a half, uh, even a third of a mile or half a mile. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll yep. do it every day and just see how I feel. At the end of that, that week, I could, my legs hurt so bad I could hardly walk. At oh. which point I said, hmm, I can't do that. I have to do something else that doesn't do that. So I did work on leg strength and that sort of stuff for six to eight months before I could run again. It was, that was tough. But you have to, you know, you have to, you do have to do the thing that's a little bit less so you don't ruin yourself or get discouraged. My, um, my word of the day is prudent. I've used the word prudent like five times today. You just have to be prudent. You can get in there. You can build up to the tough workout, but don't start with the toughest workout. It's just not prudent. Thank you very much. I got to use the word again. (laughs) It all works out in the end. That's all I know. So, um... Tom yeah, Prudence I just, uh, Bernard. 
Tom Prudence. Tom Prudence. Uh, yeah, so what I like is, that, like he said, even if you can't get out of bed, he's got workouts for you. Even if you can't get up out of your chair, he's got workouts for you. So you eventually can get out of bed. You eventually can get out of your chair. So there's something in this book for everybody. And, that's, and he does know what he's talking about. And that's good to hear because I can't tell you how many times I've heard from people, and I have a close friend now I'm trying to urge to to get active again. Oh, well, I can't do it because my foot hurts or I can't do it because, well, right. because I had right. this surgery and, and, I, and I, I can't, I, you know, I gained 30 pounds because I had this surgery. I couldn't work out. And there's, in, in his comment with regards to it being in your head is truly that, you know, that you have to, you, you can do any kind of workout from whatever condition you're starting at. And that's what you have to do. There you go. That's exactly right. The story that Kristen Burt brought up in the first hour, Empire Star, it's Jussie. I thought her name, his name was Jesse, but it's Jussie. Yeah, J-U-S-S-I. Yeah. Yeah. Jussie Smollett was viciously attacked in Chicago early Tuesday in what police are investigating as a possible hate crime. The African-American actor was openly gay and plays gay character Jamal Leon. Is it Lion or Leon? Because I've never watched Empire, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. he was leaving a Subway restaurant around 2 o'clock in the morning when he was recognized by two white men in ski masks. I just, Andy, I do understand you're taking that. So it just happened there were two white guys in ski masks there. Yeah. Just happened to run into them. They were out prowling around. I don't know. With bleach. With bleach and, and a noose. And a noose. And they yeah, yelled, this is mega country. No, this didn't happen. Uh, I, why would you perpetrate this Fraud. Uh, it just look. I, God bless the guy. I hope the he's not hurting. It does. It happens all the time. The people, and I'm not saying he's lying or anything. It just seems. Why would two guys wearing ski masks just happen to have a noose and some bleach and all this other stuff with them uh, by coincidence? I. So that now they're talking about he was being stalked. Well, uh, I don't know. I, yeah, but he had just God, gotten into New York the previous day. So how would yeah, they have no, known yeah, that he right. was? Or so, like, what do they beat him to know. New York? Doesn't make yeah, any you, sense. You know, I don't. Know. They've staked out his apartment or to know or Chicago, whatever. To know where he's moving to or where he's moving around from, and how oh, he just got. Well, he, did, he said guess. he just got home. So they they were Uh-oh. waiting for him at the airport. I mean, it just it just is very, uh, very odd. It is very odd, and here's something that makes it even odder. They've now changed the story. Surprise. And it says, uh, the men struck Smollett in the face, pouring a chemical, possibly bleach, on him. Remember, it was bleached. Now it's possibly bleach. How do they not know? Exactly. How would you not know? This happened 12 hours ago. And why would they pour bleach on him? That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) To bleach his skin, I guess. is the bit. This seems like, I don't know, man. It seems way over the top. I just, I don't know. They put a rope around his neck, a la a noose. So, in other words, it wasn't a noose. It was a rope. Uh, the story's changing as we go here. And, I, I, look, I, uh, Smollett was treated at a hospital for injuries, including a fractured rib and release. So that didn't just happen out of nowhere. He does have a fractured rib, mm-hmm. per TMZ. Given the severity of the allegations, we are taking this investigation very seriously and treating it as a possible hate crime, reads a police statement, per Entertainment Tonight. Per TMZ, that that grape juice, oh, that's a website or something, a news site? 
A pretty dumb name. The site that first reported the attack, a threatening letter named naming Smollett was also appearing to contain a MAGA reference, was sent to Fox Studios in Chicago. A little over a week ago, Smollett only arrived in Chicago on a flight from New York a few hours before the attack. I don't know. We, we'll have to keep an eye on this. Is, this is... Uh, mm. And it says here, wait a minute, in an Instagram post, the 35-year-old had described spending seven hours on a plane for a two-hour flight. I don't understand this. I, I, I don't know. We're going to have to keep an eye on it because I, I just, I don't see how this could have happened unless they were, they were shadowing him for quite some time. It, the, and as far as his fractured rib, well, there's no way, unless that's a, that was a, an approved statement from the hospital there's no way to prove it That's or true. disprove it because those are all uh, confidential records, and you can't go in the hospital. Say, hey, let me see this record. I want to see what the reading was yeah, on his chest. That's X-ray. true. Um, you know, so anybody could say, "Oh, he had a fractured rib." Well, yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's just I, I hate. You know, we're just in a god awful time because it, we the, really are. On the one that's hand, true. you have you worry about people being wacko because of just the hate that's out there, but on the other hand. It is so convenient to use that perceived hate and racism as a publicity stunt. You know, it's like the Kardashians yeah, I know. And, where and they were in yes. Paris and they they got a, had were robbed. Remember, remember that was that story. You know, billions of dollars in diamonds. You know, it's it is, it's just I don't. Know, I, I I we shouldn't feel we, sh- we shouldn't think we should. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He was beat up by two crazy white guys and it was racist. But I'll tell you what, man, it just seems awfully stereotypical. Yeah, all, and it hit all the bullet points, didn't it? Well, and mm-hmm. it, to me, it, when you have a story like this, it seems very fishy to me, especially if they're supposedly yelling, uh, you know, Trump stuff. It's like, is it the far? Because it's happened where the f- extreme far left will mm-hmm. do a crime like this and kind of put it on the far right to make the far right mm-hmm. look bad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't- I, yeah, I know exactly. I don't know. It just seems kind of weird. This is a crazy story. It doesn't seem. It really is. It seems something's fishy about it. I Besides that, Chicago's not mega yeah. country. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, God, no, not even close to mega country. Chicago is not a far right leaning anything, and hardly anyone there. Uh, I could see there are Republicans there, but not far right Republicans in Chicago. I'm not buying it. Look, I'm not saying that he was even part of this whole scam. I'm saying he, he looks to be the victim of the scam, no matter where it came from. Mm-hmm. Well, some, uh, you know, black-hating psycho righties or some uh, buddy that wants to make uh, white men look bad. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he was even involved if there was a fraud. It just seems to me like it's really questionable why these guys would have done this this way. It makes no sense at all. And I hope uh, Mr. Smollett is fine. Uh, they did. He's out of the hospital already, so he can't be too bad. But I don't know. We're going to have to find out what this is all about. Because if we start getting to the point, you know whose behavior uh, that was uh, just 70 years ago? Nazis used to do that. Yeah. Did you know that? Oh, sure. Sure. They, they were uh, expert, expert yep. using violence, you know, and yep. for propaganda. Yep. I'm just hoping, if, look, I'm not saying he was even involved, he even knew about it. I'm just saying there, this possibly is a scam by the far left as much as it is. It's either the far right or the far left. It's one of the two. It's none of us in the middle. I can guarantee you that. It's becoming a scary time in this country. Uh, what I love is Antifa. 
Antifa is an anti-fascist group. In other words, they're going to crush the far right, and they do that by being fascists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a little hard to handle, man. It really is. I, I just, I really wish we would all just back off. And why, I and, really, really do. And you talked about strong people before or earlier, Tom. And why can't we have uh, that strength in our politicians where they say exactly. this has gone too far, this has to stop? And there's, I don't see the benefit of them not doing that. You know, I don't see what are they clinging to, you know, and it, you know, and it's, you know, what, you know, we have President Obama. Why doesn't he come out and say, hey, cut it out? You know, he's a leader. Yeah, that would be leader. nice. You know, that would be why, nice. Why, why, doesn't yep. he, why doesn't he, uh, you know, shake hands with uh, uh, Donald Trump? And the two of them say, hey, cut it out. This, you know, this or violence, George W. Bush. That's right. You just line them up and just say, line we have to George stop. George W. Bush and Barack Obama. We have to yep, stop I this. I like that. We have to stop this nonsense. We have to stop this hate speech. We have to stop this continued ongoing hate in the social media. Otherwise, we're shutting it down. Done. But I guarantee you one thing, there will be people who post on social media that Tom Bernard said that Jesse Smollett is a total fraud and he set this whole thing up, which is exactly the opposite of what I said. Because they will take anything you say and twist it and make you look really bad. But it's too late. I already look really bad, so <laughs> yeah. You always want to say that before someone else says, because I was going to say exactly that. <laughs> exactly. You always want to be self-deprecating before someone else deprecates exactly. on you. I, I hope he's fine. I, I don't know what the hell went on, but I certainly hope they do a, a, a broad investigation. And if these psychos actually did this to him, then they need to be kicked in the nuts or something. I don't know. That's what Cassie told me anyway. <laughs> I, 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 believe, I believe your your phrase is, they need to go away. Yes, they do. Yeah, they need to go away. They do. You cannot act like that. These are human beings. It's disgusting to me. Why would you pick him, of all people, to pour your hate onto, because apparently there was a, there were some threats a week ago. What did this guy do? It doesn't seem to me like he did anything to anybody, but for some reason you hate him particularly. Why? It sounds to me like they're edgy about a gay black guy. Yeah, but and, there are and, a lot of gay black guys. And how that can be infuriating to anybody, I, I've never I understood. Don't get I it just either. can't understand it. Really, it's none of my business to tell you the truth. If you're gay, you're not gay, you're black, you're white, whatever. It's none of my business. So why would I get upset by that? I just don't understand that at all. And, and let me ask you, people, for people who are anti-gay, right? Why do you care if it's not children or animals what some guy does with his schwanz? Why do you care? I, I, it's not going to affect you in any way, shape, or form, is it? No, I don't care. I don't. You know, if I'm straight, I don't care what you do with your schwanz. Uh, but if you're straight, word. I don't care. I don't care. You know, if you're straight or you I don't know, care. No, I, I couldn't care less. What's What's the point? It's it just. It's just not. It's a non. It's a non-starter. Who cares? It's It's a twenty-first yeah, century. From Joe, yeah, Joe from Louisville points out. Well, it could be because he's a successful gay black man. The success part, and he. By the way, Joe's right about that. If you're successful, people hate you because you're successful. Isn't that amazing? Instead of admiring you for your hard work or, you know, this young black man comes forward and tells everybody he's gay, that could have been easy for him years ago to do that. But maybe he's right. Maybe it's because he's successful. Therefore, oh, he's a gay black guy and he's successful too? Okay. 
That's really clear thinking right there. I, I just, I don't understand it. I don't understand why the leaders of this country, and I'm talking about at every level, why you are pushing this hatred. I, it just, I find it completely putrid behavior. Isn't that sad? It is, it is sad, and that's why I have stopped just watching news. Cause I, it's just, can't it's, watch it. You can't. There's nothing there. No, you're 100% right. You are 100% right. It is it is unwatchable to sit down. I don't care if it's CNN or MSNBC or Fox or whatever. It is all unwatchable because you talk about spinning stories. Good God. Yep. That's, that's where they're making their money, just spinning it to, to the hate. Just got a text that said, stop trying to understand it. You'll hurt your brain. <laughs> <laughs> that's very, very true. Oh, God. Here's another headline. You know, i got to believe something. I do not think Donald Trump will run for president again unless he's completely vacant. Trump's new nuclear weapon is now in production. So Trump has a nuclear weapon now? I didn't know that. Does he? Not that I know of. His nuclear weapon is in production, whatever that might be. I don't know what the hell all this even means, but I'm looking at the headlines today. Good God. Do you have any good news? Is there any good news at all in the world? Or is it all just horrendous? Howard Schultz running as an independent, maybe. He hasn't even announced yet if he's going to. He, he says he thinks he's going to. Howard Schultz gets heckled, talks to Gwyneth Paltrow. What? <laughs> That's a headline. That's a headline. I'm not making that up. It's an actual news headline. We have lost our minds. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> you heard me. Wondering where you were. What? I was in talking to Catherine. She's mm. just working like a dog on, on a... 
on a separate issue. But yeah, she's at, she's at work doing something for the family, so I just wanted to check and see if she needed anything. But she said, "F off." <laughs> well, not really. She didn't. I'm really. busy. <laughs> she said, "I'm busy. Get the hell away from she me." She said it with her body language. Yeah, she did. You're absolutely right about that. Uh, oh, this ought to be an interesting story. FBI shares what inspired the Vegas shooter. Remember the guy? Well, how many people did he kill? Like 58 people. Yeah. Stephen Paddock wanted infamy and mass destruction. Why did he want mass destruction? This is something I've never understood. I want mass destruction. Why? A high-stakes gambler who rained down a hail of gunfire, killing 58 people from a high, his high-rise casino suite in Las Vegas. Wanted infamy and mass destruction, the FBI told the AP on Tuesday, but took whatever motive might stretch beyond that to his grave. It wasn't about MGM, Mandalay Bay, or a specific casino or venue, said Aaron Rouse, the special agent in charge of FBI's uh, Las Vegas office. It was all about doing the maximum amount of damage and him obtaining some form of infamy. Once again, he, it was all about him. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be known as the guy who killed all these people. I'm going to be known forever. That's all that mattered to this prick. Isn't that unbelievable? It is unbelievable that his ego is that great, that he, he needed that uh, yeah. that yep. kind of sense of, of notoriety. It, it's just bizarre. It is just not um, normal yeah. human behavior. No, it's not at all. Rouse says the reason for Stephen Paddock's October 1st, 2017 rampage remains a mystery. After months of study by agents and behavioral specialists, his brother said something interesting. Uh, Paddock's younger brother, Eric Paddock, called him the king of microaggression. No, that would be macroaggression, <laughs> not microaggression. <laughs> not a micro. That's not a micro, pal, when you kick, uh, kill 58 people and injure I don't know how many. One Interesting things I heard about that from someone who was mm-hmm. there, uh, someone who, mm-hmm. who was actually there in the midst of it, uh, trying to escape. There were two things. There, there were there was the noise, and then there was the smell, the smell of uh, vaporized blood, and oh god, and the uh, the the smell of the bullets because there's a mm-hmm. odor from the uh, uh, yeah. gunpowder of the cord, not gunpowder but cordite that uh, it, it, it fires them. Oh, when, she, when they said that, I was just oh, sick to my yeah. stomach. That's something that if you're in I combat, you, you've experienced, but civilians have never well, did seen you, that. Remember two years ago, we went out to the Tropicana, which is right next door yeah. to his hotel, the Mandalay Bay. And while we're going in, we looked up, and they still had that, uh, that window covered with some form of, I don't know, uh, what they use as a barrier, but they hadn't put the window back in yet. That he was shooting out of it was just it was covered with a tarp and then there was other building materials under the tarp. It was really really eerie to look at that. Yeah, and apparently that room. Uh, and then you look. Yeah. That room has gone away. Well, yeah, yeah you no can't one's get ever going to stay right. in that room again. So, yeah. Yeah. oh, they said that they had lots of people that wanted to, but they wouldn't let them. Well, I mean, normal it's, people. Yeah. No, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. No normal person would ever want to stay in that room again, but. Uh, in, any, in any case, Paddock's younger brother, Eric Paddock, called him the king of microaggression, narcissistic, detail-oriented, and maybe bored enough with life to plan an attack that would make him famous. Why would you, So you want to be famous, and the only thing that you have faith in yourself to be famous about is murder. That's not a very good self-image, is it? No. no. Lost soul. I wouldn't think so, anyway. 
His ex-wife told investigators that he grew up uh, in a single mom with a single mom and financially unstable home. So far, they're talking about me. He needed uh, felt the need to be self-reliant. He sent his girlfriend Mary Lou Danley to visit her family in the Philippines two weeks before the attack, and wired her 150 G's while she was there. Danley, a former casino worker in Reno, returned to the United States after the shooting and told authorities that Paddock had complained that he was sick, and the doc- doctors told him he had a chemical imbalance and could not cure him. Doc, is a doctor going to ever say, you've got a chemical imbalance and we can't cure you? Get Would out. any doctor ever say that? No, no, no. no. Of course he, not. That was a self-diagnosed thing. Yes. You know, no one says, oh, you have a chemical balance, uh, we can't cure you. Get out of here. No. no. There, there's. I love this one. Actually, the reverse, Catherine, it's the reverse. She tells me this. I don't tell her that. Danley, who is Catholic, told investigators that Paddock often told her, your God doesn't love me. Whereas Catherine says, my God doesn't love you. That's how it goes. No, I, I just, that's psychosis of the first order, the top billing of what psychosis is all about. It's just the only reason they're saying you killed 58 people and, and injured I don't know how many is because you wanted to be famous? Really? Yeah. You, you killed those people because you wanted to. I want to kill these people. I want to do this. I'm going yep, to do it. That's exactly right. That's a very, very sad story. And it just, uh, luckily, he's deader than a doornail, so he won't ever hurt anybody again. But 58 people died because of this jerk. I hate everyone. That's well, all I have to say. Well, what, is there any, is, you know, with the, with the troubling thing, is there anything we can do as a society to try to ferret out these people who have clearly <clears throat> depression kind of problems, that kind of want to die, yes. that are really not right? You know, how, is there any way to try to get these people care, get them, uh, get them located, get them identified, and say, "Hey, we're going to get some care." You know, maybe, you know, maybe we should deal with this chemical imbalance. Like now, let's get you some care, take care of you, so you don't act like this. That these people, yeah, are I know. You're, you're absolutely right. It just, it's so upsetting. It's unbelievable. I, I, it's good God. It's very, very sad that someone their their big thrill in life is to kill multiple people. Oh. Okay. Man. Well, look at this. Two suspects dead after shooting injures uh, five Houston cops. Another mass shooting down in Houston, and that happened yesterday or today. I don't I don't know which one it is. People want to hurt one another at a pace that I just don't ever remember happening before. Do you ever remember? You know, Ralph, you and I are the same age. Yeah. Do you ever remember anybody? Look, it happened with, uh, uh, was it Whit, Whit, was it Gary Whitman yeah. down in uh, the University of Texas? That's right, and that happened. Right, I think it was, but that was in the late '60s, early '70s. Yeah, that was, was right when that that what, what do you want to call it? Uh, the uh, uh, the age of hatred or the period of hatred yeah, that occurred. You're absolutely right. You're 100 percent correct. Fifty years ago, this happened. And the same things are just are just being repeated again. It's just the same. Every fifty years, people lose their minds in this country. Well, and I don't know what the hell that's all about. Kristen what? talked about hate crimes going up. Uh, for one, I found out that they've been going up since twenty fourteen. So okay. not Donald Trump. Okay. Not Donald Trump, um, but they love to blame Donald Trump well, for everything. Of course. I don't like the guy, but I'm not going to blame everything on him. It's and ridiculous. For two, hate crimes against black people went up. But hate crimes against white people went up more. More. That's exactly Which right. Which people but they don't talk about never, look, I love talk about that part. No, you're absolutely well, she right. She probably didn't know because that's the news. She probably didn't know. The news doesn't tell you the truth. You have to look up for yourself. 
I went to. Oh, the, you cannot just watch. I went yeah, you to can't watch the, the raw data and I crunched the numbers myself because that's what you have to do, which is God. sad, but yeah. How do they feel good about themselves if that's the way they make a living? How do you feel good about yourself lying to people over and over and over again? Because they're psychopaths. You can go home and I can go, hey, I did a great job. I lied so much today. It's unbelievable. But, man, I feel good about it. What the hell? But but that's also what's uh, – that uh, when I say that drumbeat is continued in social media. So someone mm-hmm. says, oh, oh, God, yes. Hate crimes have been going up since Donald Trump was elected. Yeah, well, hate crimes are going up before he was elected. Yeah, but technically they're not lying. Yeah, but they're. they're yeah, technically, you, yeah. You're they, right. they report the truth in an unusual fashion. Mm-hmm. In a, in a, uh, and people instantly bias. believe everything they read because they're gullible as hell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very true. I'm going to read you a story, and we'll all say, thank God it's not me. The That's all I have lady? to say, right? Oh, that elevator. She was trapped in an elevator in some billionaire's house for three days. Yeah. How the hell did she get trapped in an elevator? I don't know, because they said that nothing was wrong with the elevator. So, so mm. she, all she had to do was hit open? <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> okay, I'll find the story, Andy. I will find it, because I know I just saw it on, on the uh, newser page. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know what the hell it is wrong with you, lady. Um, yep, here it is right here. Ooh, it's a nice looking building. I will tell you that. You were stuck in a beautiful building anyway. Feel like you had a bad weekend. It could have been worse. The New York Times reports a woman who worked at the residence at 48 East 65th Street in Manhattan was trapped in the townhouse's elevator. And by the way, I'm looking at the townhouse. This townhouse is probably worth about $25 million. Nope. Yep. No question about it. Uh, oh, he purchased it uh, 20 years ago for $8 million, so it's probably only now worth about $20 million. Mm. Uh, In any case, the New York Times reports a woman who worked at the residence at 48 East 65th Street in Manhattan was trapped in the townhouse's elevator from Friday night. Okay? Stay with me. From Friday night until the owners returned home Monday morning. Oh, a rep for the I know. The New York Fire Department says it responded to the home around 10 a.m. and forced open the doors of the elevator while CBS New York reports was stuck between the second and third floors. Why would the elevator have been stuck between floors? I don't really understand this. Why would that happen? A major malfunction. Power outage? Yes. Or... <laughs> That's really one of the says... only... It's power outage or like some disastrous mechanical failure, but yeah. they would have noticed that. Yes. The AP reports the 53-year-old woman was taken to the hospital and is in stable condition. The City Department of Buildings is tasked with figuring out what went wrong. No issues were detected during a July inspection. The home is owned by the investor Warren Stevens and his wife Harriet, and they're worth $2.7 billion. The home was purchased in 1999 for $8 million. So probably, yeah, worth around $20, $20 million now. But... Um, Two, how many people are worth $2.7 billion for Christ's sake? Why am I not worth $2.7 billion? Yeah. Every story you see now, people are billionaires. Every story. We're that doing comes something out. wrong, apparently. We are doing something wrong. What the hell? Well, the show's not that good, Tom. That's the whole problem. <laughs> Let's look at the truth. If the, if the show was any better, you'd be a billionaire. Oh, okay, well, thank you. Well, what's this lady doing means. in this guy's house? She's a cleaning lady. Mm-hmm. Oh, so she's just a cleaning well, lady? Well, that's what they're saying, anyway. 
Wow. Mm -hmm. So she's going to get one hell of a payout. Oh, God, yes, from a billionaire? Yeah. Okay. Your say, life could be worse than it is. Yeah? What are you saying, Andy? I was going to say he's just going to give her $50 million to promise she doesn't sue yeah. or something. I can't, I can't believe that there's not some fail-safe system you can get out of the chamber right. and get to well, the next floor. They used no to have, there absolutely is. They used to absolutely. have the hatches on top. So you could escape, but they mm -hmm. don't do that anymore for some reason. But, I don't really know well, why. They don't. Probably because somebody's trying to get out of there and then get hurt worse or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But you um, this is oh. some. This is in where, Tom? In New York. Okay. Well, in Manhattan, there are a lot of really old buildings. This building is beautiful. Oh. I mean, it's gorgeous. Well, then a, there's no reason. This is a residence. It's just a mm -hmm. it's it's an elevator in a residence. Mm -hmm. So you would think that a residential yep, elevator would yeah. have fail safe mechanism like a hash, like of course, it would absolutely. Stuck. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll close with this story, ladies and gentlemen. This is one that uh, warms your heart or not. The Beagle sat down next to the Canadian man at Toronto Pearson International Airport on October seventeenth, two thousand eighteen, and the jig was up. Beagle. Clued in by the dog. What? I said Beagle. <laughs> Beagle. <laughs> Clued in by the dog, officials searched the man's bags and found containers holding uh, a leech. What? Ew. It was holding a leech. Oh, wait a minute. It wasn't a leech. It was 5,000 leeches this guy was trying to bring on an airplane. Why? 5,000 <laughs> uh, You know what? He was going ice fishing in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, probably. That's what it was. That's probably true. National Geographic has a story which it says hasn't been made public as such the name of the alleged illegal leech importer. <laughs> That's the title. Oh, you can't make this alleged up. Alleged illegal leech importer. Uh, <laughs> no, alleged. Leech smuggler. This was a leech yeah. smuggler. Leech oh, smuggler. Yes. Right, he's a leech smuggler. If I had to guess, uh, I would say some weird alternative medicine thing. Yeah. Well, uh, they said that the leeches were estima uh, estimated to be worth $50,000 or 10 bucks a piece. Really? Uh, those species fall under an endangered species treaty that requires the right export-import permits to be secured before transporting the leeches. National Geographic goes on to detail the difficulty Canadian officials have had with the finding. A home for the leeches. Since they're threatened, the officials don't want to do away with them, but the government doesn't want to house them, especially after 20 of them temporarily escaped. The leeches escaped. How does a leech escape? <laughs> I don't know. Wait, Crawling wait, away very Jim, slowly. After that leech. Yeah, they're not the fastest animals. Story. Yeah, I don't even, I remember having one of those on my leg when we, we went swimming somewhere up north, and my, sure. mom, was, my mom was like, oh my God, she's got a leech. Leech, get the salt. Get the salt. And she yep, salted the thing, and it, it fell off, yep, and it yep. was so gross. And I've never seen one since, and I don't know even, was I in muddy water? No. I don't even remember. Well, how, how, many leeches, little. how many leeches were there? One. No, no. Oh. no how many leeches were in this, oh, here, in this guy's 5, suitcase? 5,000. 5,000. How can they be endangered? That's a heavy suitcase. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound very endangered. they got to be in water, yeah, don't uh, they? Yeah. Uh, okay. I think. Well, it's time for me to leech off into the sunset, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Oh, look at this. That's going to do it. There's only what? one species of leech that is uh, is, that, has, that has protected status, and it oh. is a medical thing. It is a medical oh. thing. There's yeah. a, yeah, you, you nailed it, Andy. Uh-huh. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Tom Bernard Show. It's coming.